Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Who is Jesus? This is the question we've been asking each week throughout our Advent season. Who is Jesus? And we've been using Matthew chapter 1 as a guide, as a structure for us to get to know Jesus based on his lineage, his, his heritage, the, his forefathers. Who is Jesus? It's, it's the most important question that we can ask in this life. And it's probably the most important question to get the answer correct to. Who is Jesus? If you ask any number of people, you might come up with different answers. Because some people say that Jesus is a therapist, and his role is to help us come to grips with life's problems and, and come up with reasonable solutions and heal our past. Some say that Jesus is a coach, and he helps Christian athletes jump higher and run faster, and he determines the outcome of football games, and today we'll find out that he favors the Vikings over the Lions. Okay, um, some say, some say Jesus is a, is a hipster. You know, he likes to drink fair trade coffee, have spiritual conversations, and he drives an electric car. Some say Jesus is a spiritual guru in that he, he despises organized religion and, and uh, churches and pastors, and he'd rather have people out in the woods finding God. Some say Jesus is a, is a good moral teacher and that his best contribution is to show people how to be good people and change the world. You can go down the line and ask any person that has ever stood for any cause, and there's probably somebody somewhere at some point in time that has said that Jesus is the founder for their cause. And then there's the real Jesus, the biblical Jesus, the Jesus that we get to learn about and have been learning about in Matthew chapter 1. And in Matthew chapter 1, so far in this Advent season, we have learned that Jesus is the son of David, that Jesus is the son of Abraham, that Jesus is the son of Solomon, and today, finally, we will wrap this up in that Jesus is the son of Mary. We'll look again here at some of the portions from Matthew chapter 1 that, was, that we all just read together and, and go uh, through a couple of these verses and highlight some things. And so I want to read to you first here, verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the verse just prior to what we read in the gospel lesson today. This is how Matthew finishes up this genealogy. And Matthew, you realize he, he summarizes Old Testament biblical, um, the biblical history in these three sets of 14s. Or in other words, you can divide those numbers in half and, and, and there's then six sets of seven. Now, those of you who are engineers or math people, you're crunching the numbers, you're trying to figure this out. The rest of you are going, I don't, I don't get it, I don't, I don't understand. And as American readers, we don't really get this, but Hebrew readers, those who were Matthew's original audience, would have fully understood this. 
because if you look at this, uh, there's three sets of 14 or six sets of seven. Well, seven in the Hebrew language or in the Hebrew scriptures, it's a number of wholeness or completion, not lacking anything. So if the number seven pops up, particularly in the Old Testament, it's a number of wholeness, right? How many days of creation, right? It's seven days of creation. So a Hebrew reader would have looked at this, and Matthew is being very intentional in how he tells the genealogy. He says there were these six sets of seven. A Hebrew reader would go, it can't end like that. It's not complete. There needs to be a seven, seven to complete the story. You can't have six sevens. So this is Matthew's point. He's making people go, well, what's the seven, seven? The answer, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, right? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the completion of God's plan of salvation. And this is how Matthew tells us this. Jesus is the one who brings the story of salvation to its completion. He's the seventh seven. So today, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, which we read, we learn that Jesus' connection to Mary and gives Jesus these two names, Jesus and Emmanuel. And I want to flush those things out for us today so we can see the meaning and the purpose for which Jesus came into this world. Let's keep going. Here's Matthew 1.18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. Mary conceives a child in her womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. How that happens? Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? She's got this child that's conceived in her by the power of the Holy Spirit. And at first, Joseph, he doesn't believe it. <laughs> but who could blame him? Who could blame him, right? Uh, if, if, you, if you were engaged to someone, a man, right? Man, if you were engaged to a woman and she said, I'm pregnant, and you know that you haven't done the thing that makes somebody pregnant, you would say, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, he probably was upset initially, right? He might have thought that she was off gallivanting around, right? But this is why the angel comes in, and the angel speaks a clear, striking message to Joseph. And by the power of God's messenger, Joseph's heart is convinced, his anxiety is gone, and he comes to be able to believe the unbelievable. Joseph chooses to love God and love Mary. And this pregnancy, though, this pregnancy will most likely raise some eyebrows and turn some heads in the small little town of 2,000 people called Nazareth, in which Mary and Joseph live. Busybodies on street corners likely might stop by or point out their house on the street and say, yep, there they are, right? There they are, the people who did not wait to get married to have their child. Thank God for this angel messenger who came to Joseph and another angel who came to Mary to convince them that what is born in them is conceived by the power of the Spirit. And it was such a convincing message by the angel that Joseph and Mary were willing to endure whatever scrutiny may come their way in order to bring to fulfillment God's plan of salvation. So this angel comes to Joseph, and the angel says in verse 21 these words, 
She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this is this is what God or what, what God says through the angel to Joseph, call your son Jesus. Jesus is the Greek name. We'll put this next slide up. Jesus is the, the, the Greek name or the English, how we say it in English. In Greek, it's Jesus, but in Hebrew, the name is Joshua. You know that name? You know the name Joshua? It's the same name as Jesus. Joshua is just Hebrew. Jesus is Greek, and they both mean Yahweh or, or the Lord saves. So it's right in that, that name, the purpose for which Jesus comes to forgive people of their sins. To forgive people of their sins. And we need this. Boy, do we need forgiveness from our sins. We are so incomplete without the forgiveness of our sins. Think about this. Think about all the problems that you have in life. We have financial problems. And if all of your financial problems were gone, would your life be perfect? No. We have health problems. But if all of your health problems and all the health problems of your loved ones were gone, would your life be perfect? We have relationship problems. If all of your relationship problems were solved and you had perfect relationships with all people, would your life be perfect? No. Our problem is sin. And the wages of sin is death. All of our other problems are merely symptoms of the greater problem, which is sin. So who are we? We are people who need to be saved from our sins. Because contrary to popular belief or what many people think, we are not superheroes. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot We cannot save ourselves. Every financial problem, every health problem, every relationship problem, they are all results of this fallen condition in this broken world. This is why Jesus did not come into this world as a financial counselor. He did not come as a doctor. He did not come as a relationship therapist. His name is Jesus because he saves people from their sins. The more I learn about myself, and the more I learn about Jesus, the more joy I experience when I come to the realization that I cannot bring my own life to a successful completion. I can't, and I've tried. Boy, have I tried, and I have failed time and time again. I give God thanks that he has stepped into this world for me because my biggest problem is me and I need a savior who comes to save me from my sins. Jesus came into this world, lived a perfect life, died an innocent death. He laid down his life in order to bring us back together with our God. To get rid of the sin that separates us with God. To get rid of the sin that separates us from having meaningful relationships with one another. Jesus gave up his life so that you and I could have life 
and have it to the full. Jesus is the son of Mary. He is our Savior. He is not simply another prophet or another teacher. Jesus is the one that they had been waiting for, the completion of God's plan of salvation. Jesus came to deliver his people from their enemies. God, God sent his son Jesus into this world to establish his rule and his reign. He came into this world to give sight to the blind, to give hearing to the deaf, to bring freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim good news to the poor, to be the very Lamb of God who would lay down his life for the sins of the world. Jesus is the Son of Mary. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our seventh seventh. He is our completion. I want to read for you verses 22 and 23. It says this, and Matthew records all this, all these things. They took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet Isaiah 600 years before. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, literally, it's the Hebrew word, literally means God with us, or with us God. Emmanuel, the first part, means God with, or with us, and, and Ael means God, so with us, God. Jesus came as God with us. God, God with us. We'll put up the final slide. God, God with us. This is what Matthew's gospel is all about. This is what Matthew wants us to know about God's character. God with us. It's right here in the very beginning of Matthew's gospel where Jesus is called Emmanuel. If you continue reading through Matthew's gospel in chapter 12, right in the middle, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And the very final verse of Matthew's gospel is, I am with you always to the very end of the age. God with us. God with us. Jesus is the son of Mary, our savior from sin, and Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is not far away. Our God is not a distant God. He is near. He's here. Our God, is, is, as Emmanuel, means he goes before us. He comes after us. He is with us. He is in us. Emmanuel, Jesus, is God up close and personal in our everything but perfect lives. He's present with you in your messy house. He is with you on your sickest days. He's with you when you are lost. He's with you when you are broken. When all seems dark, he is with you. He sees you through death and into eternal life. He never leaves you, and he will never forsake you because he is Jesus. He is God with us. Jesus is the son of Mary. He is our savior from sin. Jesus is the son of Mary. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. He is the completion of God's plan of salvation. There is no other means by which you can have a complete life in this world except for Jesus. Only Jesus can complete your life. Only Jesus can complete your story. And I pray that he does. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.